Hello, I'm Andrew. And I'm Ryan. And this is our 17th episode of Twin Talk MN. Today, we've got a great episode for you. We talk about the Bears and whether they should rebuild or not. We talk about the MLB finally starting and some new changes that you'll have to learn about. And Nelson Cruz has won an award. What was it and how did he get it? And the NBA Future Hall of Famers, who will make it, who's got no chance. And a very, very sad story of a great college football player named Ernie Davis. And a very happy birthday to one of the greatest NBA centers of all time. Andrew, let's get started. Okay, now first let's talk about the Chicago Bears NFL football team and what they should try to do this NFL season. Now, as many people know, the Bears have not made very good decisions in the last couple years. They drafted Mitchell Trubisky, not great quarterback, at number two overall. They traded multiple draft picks away for a great um, defensive end, Khalil Mack. And they right now have two very good running backs in Tariq Cohen and Dave Montgomery. Two pretty good tight ends in, in Jimmy Graham and Cole Kmet. And two eh, kind of bad quarterbacks in Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky. Ron, do you think the Bears should try just to develop their young players this season or actually make a small run? Well, personally, this season, I think they need to develop young players. I feel like they do have some decent veterans. Nick Foles can be decent if they have a good enough run game, as the Eagles did when he was on them. Then, I think he can be a pretty decent quarterback. If you only ask him to make, like, 8-10 to 10 throws a game, and he has an amazing wide receiver in Allen Robinson, then I, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. You can try to make a run. But their running game is also very young with Dave Montgomery and Tariq Cohen, both being about 25 or so. Both of them need more time to develop. And you're saying, oh, it's fine if you have young running backs if you have a great quarterback, which you don't. And it's fine to not have a great offense if you have a great defense, which you don't. You don't have a lot of good players on your team. Your running backs need time to develop. Your targets like Hulk, Met, and Allen Robinson, and Anthony Miller, need time to develop. Your quarterback, Metro Trubisky, I completely think that he um, has not been great so far, but I feel like just give him some more time. If he ends up doing bad, fine, start Foles over him. But I feel like there's no reason to start Foles right now. Andrew, what do you think? Well, in my opinion, I feel like, yes, Foles is the veteran, and Trubisky is the, he's the younger player. But I feel like you have to start Fools. Yes, I feel like Trubisky, you could make a case that he is the future and that Fools, his entire NFL career has kind of been a fluke and that he's basically had just good other parts. But I feel like you have to start, you have to build your team around Fools. And I just feel like Trubisky, yes, he is younger and he probably could be the future, but I feel like he cannot do it. He cannot win the big games. He can't even win games against, like, the Vikings or the Lions. But it hasn't been that long. We haven't given them... We haven't given him that much time. I feel like we have. I'd say we give we gave him the last three years to show us something. And I feel like he hasn't shown us much. True, but just like in basketball with the Timberwolves and Andrew Wiggins, he showed us nothing okay, before but this do past you know, season. Do you know when Andrew Wiggins was drafted? I do not. He was drafted about I think five years ago or so. I know, and we gave him four years, which is more than more, which is more than you are giving Trubisky. And Wiggins stunk. But this past season. He was really, really good at the beginning. And the Timberwolves were definitely happy they didn't give up on him. And I think the Bears will be kicking themselves 
if they give up on Trubisky. I'm not saying they give up. I'm just saying keep him on your bench. Start the guy with the better resume. The guy who how is he wow, going to develop? The guy if who wow did good in college, or the guy who oh wait won the Super Bowl. But how is Trubisky going to develop if you don't play? He him? can develop under a Super Bowl champion. But will he play in the games? Maybe he might play in a couple games, or he may not. But I just feel like you have to go with force. We can argue about this all day, but let's move on to our next topic. The MLB is finally going to start the season after a very long wait. The MLB is looking to start on July 23rd or 24th or 24th with opening day. And the MLB will have a lot of new rule changes. Ryan, can you tell us about some of them? Yes, I can. Well, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about how the National League would have a designated hitter and the pitchers would not bat anymore. And Andrew and I both agree that that is a good idea. Also, and this is a huge change in extra innings now, every single time that a team is hitting, they will start with a runner on second. The runner on second will be the last person that got out, or you can put in a pinch runner if you want them to be a little bit faster. But I feel like this is very interesting because it's really going to change the game. Teams' strategies will really have to change in extra innings. But I feel like this is a really good idea because extra innings will go a lot faster. There'll be more runs, which everyone likes. The games will end a little bit faster, and there'll be more strategy, which everyone also likes. Andrew, do you think this is a good idea to change that rule? I do. I think this is a really good idea because I felt like before, a lot of times in extra innings, neither team would score or both teams would just go down one, two, three, and the game could go on for a very, very long time which I like watching long games, but I know a lot of people don't. And I just feel like with this, like it, there's just a lot more strategy involved, and it's a lot easier for teams to score runs. And I feel like it's a win-win. Just players like scoring, and teams like winning faster. So I just feel like this is a very good idea from the MLB. Yeah, it definitely is. Now, um, a couple of days ago, the Twins' designated hitter, Nelson Cruz won an award. He was recognized for his amazing charity work and tons of volunteering in his native Dominican Republic. And he also did a lot of volunteering in in the United States. He was um, one of the five finalists for the Muhammad Ali Sports Manitation Award. He was almost positive he didn't get it, that he wouldn't get it. But they told him that he did win. When they were interviewing about it, he came to tears. He was so happy that he had won, and he felt that all of his hard work had paid off. He, was, he said that he was so happy to help all those people, and he felt even happier to learn that so many more people would be able to hear about his work and be able to help him with it and really make the world a better place. So congratulations, Nelson Cruz. Congratulations. And everyone, even if you're not a Twins fan, but even if you are, you should really root for Nelson Cruz because he is a great and a great teammate and a great friend. Now, Andrew, this is a conversation that we've been waiting to have for a while. The NBA Hall of Famers, they're not going to induct more people for a little bit, for some more time, but it's never too early to talk about people who could be Hall of Famers soon, or maybe they're people who are just starting their careers. Andrew, who are some people that um, are NBA players right now who you think in a couple years or maybe even many, many years would definitely be Hall of Famers. Your thoughts? 
Well, actually, it's really interesting because there's some guys who are really old who are basically guaranteed Hall of Famers like LeBron James or Stephen Curry or someone like that. But then there are also a lot of players who are really young who have looked good so far, like Trey Young, Luka Doncic, John Morant, Zion Williamson, who look good, but we don't know if they'll keep this up. But in my opinion, one guy that a lot of people don't really know about or have known about for a very short time is Damian Lillard. I feel like, yes, in the regular season, he doesn't always get the most points or the most assists or the most rebounds, but just in the playoffs, he is just amazing. Just completely goes off every single game. And I feel like no player does that better than Allen Iverson, obvious Hall of Famer. And I feel like Damian Lillard is kind of like Allen Iverson today. And I feel like he is a great player who definitely deserves to be there. One player that I feel like a lot of people like, but I personally think won't really be a Hall of Famer, is, in my opinion, Pascal Siakam. A lot of people know that he had a very good season last year. And this season, maybe had an even better one. And some people think he might be up for MVP this season. But I just feel like, not to say that this was like a fluke, and like he just got lucky, but I just kind of feel like I don't think he can keep this up. And I feel like it's kind of hard to be really, really good when for the first couple years of your career, you're not very good. I mean, yes, he did have a very good season last year, and I, des- and I think he deserved to be comeback player. And I think this year, he deserves to be top five in MVP voting. But I just feel like he's not really on a level as some other players like Giannis or Joel Embiid. Or, I don't know, like James Harden or Russell Westbrook or Paul George. I just feel like he's on, like, a lower level than that. Yeah, he didn't make the All-Star game, and I think he was a starter. But I just feel like he's not on that level. Ryan, who's person who you think would definitely make the Hall of Fame and one person you think definitely won't? Well, someone who I think definitely will is very young Celtics player Jason Tatum. Now, I am a huge Jason Tatum fan, probably more than mo- than I should be. But I just feel like he's so dominant. He gets so many points per game, and he's so flawless. And I feel like he's just always getting better. He keeps on continually getting better. Every season, he gets better. And this season, I definitely think he should have made the All-Star game. He is such a great player, and I feel like pretty soon, he's going to be in the MVP conversation. And I feel like he should definitely make it. But somebody who I think maybe shouldn't is, well, I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of people who are going to do it, but I feel like it's just a really tough conversation to have. And there are a lot of people who are really good. But sadly, I think I have to say D'Angelo Russell. Even though I'm a big Timberwolves fan, I just feel like he's not had that good of a career. And I don't really feel like he can be called a Hall of Famer in such a dominant player that um, he should really be in the conversation. Now, I know you're thinking, well, why would anyone think that? I mean, he has been an all-star many times. He was an all-star at the very beginning of his career. And normally, if guys can become an all-star at the beginning, next year, they're an all-star again. Next year, they're a starter in the all-star game. Next year, they're a starter again. Next year, they're in the MVP conversation. Next year, they win the MVP. Next year, and they keep on going up. And I feel like that is where Tatum is headed. And, I I mean, D'Angelo Russell should be headed there, but I feel like he just can't be. Now, here is a very, very sad story. A very, very good player. His name? Ernie.
Davis. Ernie Davis was a young black boy growing up in Pennsylvania in the 1940s. He grew up with his uncle, but spent a lot of time with his grandparents as a very young boy, including his beloved grandfather, Pops, who he loved dearly. When Ernie was a young boy, his mother returned from a very long trip to report that she had made enough money for them to move to New York. When Davis moved to New York, he liked it there, but he felt there was injustice around him. He started to play football because it gave his mom time to work without having to watch Ernie. Even though he, it, it wasn't really about him being good, he was good. He started to be amazing. He was a running back, and he tore up every single defense running for tons of yards. In middle school, he had tons of high school scouts coming to all of his games. In high school, he really took off. Even though he was at a small high school, he was insanely good. He was ranked fairly high as, a, as coming out of high school and going and being a college recruit, but he knew he should be ranked higher. There were people ahead of him that he knew he was a lot better than. He was getting many college offers, but all of them were to very small and tiny schools. Many people who were ranked lower than him were getting scholarships to, to much better schools. He knew this wasn't fair, but that just made him work harder. And with a huge surge at the end of his season, he, w- he was able to go to Syracuse University in New York, which was close to home, but also a great football school. In 1958, he took over the starting running back job, replacing one of the best NFL running backs of all time, who was also African-American, named Jim Brown, which probably led the school to go after Ernie and take a chance at, on that time, which was an unpopular decision of, ha- of having an African-American player. Ernie immediately was amazing there. He started to be known as one of the best college running backs in the country. But sadly, after a couple months at Syracuse, he learned that his grandfather had died. He was heartbroken because his grandfather had always loved him and believed in him a lot, and he was very sad. But that just made him want to work harder. He kept on working hard, and even though he was one of the only African-American players on the team, um, he f- was able to earn the respect of the team, but he could never earn the respect of the opposing team's fans or the opposing team or the refs. When he traveled to opposing teams, um, ga- to opposing team stadiums, the other fans would boo him and boo him until their voices were out. They would constantly throw stuff at him until their arms were s- more sore than an MLB pitcher's after pitching a complete game. Ernie was so angry about this, and the refs would just... Get, let him take it. And when the other team, and once he was tackled, the other team would go over there and kick him a ton. And the refs would just tell him, well, don't be on the ground. Don't get tackled. And he was so angry. And he knew this was not right. But he knew that he just kept on having to work harder. And he kept on working and working and working. And in his final college season, he won the Heisman Trophy, which goes to the number one player in all of college football. That's insane how good he was. And he was the first African-American man ever to win the Heisman Trophy. And also, he was the only African-American man to do so for many years. And then after that, um, he, um, he decided to go to the NFL draft. He was looking to be a very early pick, and a lot of people thought that he'd be one of the best NFL running backs of all time. And with the number one pick in the draft, the Washington Redskins select Ernie Davis, rushing running back out of Syracuse University. And he was immediately traded to the Browns because the Browns really, really liked him and really felt like he'd be a great player in their organization. And Ernie Davis definitely was. 
he was supposed to be a very, very good player. But early when he was practicing, he kept on getting these terrible nosebleeds. His nose would just bleed and bleed for hours. And as much as he tried to stop it, it just kept on coming. And after, and he kept on getting these terrible sicknesses. He was getting sick for very long periods of time. And after a long time of this happening, he decided to go to the doctor. And they gave him some very bad news. He had leukemia. They told him that he could no longer play in the NFL. And he hadn't even played one single game yet. And they said that he could not play. Because if he did, he might die. He was heartbroken. He had worked so hard as a kid. So hard in high school. Even harder in college. When all the fans had thrown stuff at him. And the team had not respected him. When nobody had respected him. The only thing he could come back to was playing in the NFL. He knew that he could be a great player. And that once he got to the NFL and showed everybody what he could do, they would finally give him the one thing he was looking for. Respect. But now, he couldn't earn it. Everyone just thought the same of him. Eh, he can't do it. He just made people think he was good, but now he's not really that good. And he was so angry at everything. And he started to get even angry because he kept on getting sick. And his team was losing because he couldn't play. And sadly, one year later, he died. This was so terrible. He'd worked so hard his entire life. And then to be crushed by leukemia, all he could do was just sit on the bench. And then he couldn't even sit in the world. It's so sad what happened to him. And everyone felt so bad for him. Tons of people attended his funeral, and everyone was so sad for Ernie Davis. Now, here's Andrew with some happier news with the birthday of the day. Andrew? Thanks, Ryan, and thank you for sharing that very sad story about Ernie Davis, although he was a very good player and should definitely be known as a very good running back. Today, Thursday, June 25th, is the birthday of one of the best left-hand centers in NBA history, Willis Reed, probably number three all-time, only behind amazing centers David Robinson and Bill Russell. Now, Reed was a very good player in the NBA and spent his entire nine-season career with the New York Knicks. He was a very good center in the, 19, in the 1960s-70s, and he just knew that he had to be the best. And that was really hard when you had other centers like Wilt Chamberlain, George Mikan, Bill Russell, Jerry Lucas. Some of the best centers of all time he had to go up against game in, game out. But Reed was great. And he was very good at carrying his team without many other stars on the team besides himself. Against super teams like the Celtics, or the Kings, or the Bucks. Or the Lakers, one of the best teams with Jerry West, Will Chamberlain, George Mikan, Elgin Baylor. A great team, but he just knew that he could win, and a lot of times he would. Reed was one of the best centers in NBA history, averaging 20 points in his rookie season. So a happy birthday to Mr. Willis 
video. Yep. And sadly, we're out of time. But don't be sad because we have another episode coming out in just two short days where we will have a great interview with one of our friends named Alana S. Who will tell us a lot about basketball and give us his thoughts on everything. And again, you're listening to Twin Talk MN.